Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. And welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show. I'm just going to stop you right there. There is no Gina today. She is still taking care of her business, as we say, in the hood uh-huh. where I'm from. And Gina was from, but just moved away from. Which hood oh. is that? Both. Hoods, that would be the actually. hood of the greater Panorama City area. Uh, oh, nice. okay. No, that checks out. You're good. It's fair. You've been here. You know. There's mm-hmm. a lot of street cred there. So we have not one, but two returning guests, I would add. I wouldn't even call this necessarily an AE double back uh, crossover episode because we already did that. So what I'm going to say first off is that this is knowing it's half the podcast and I am Ray Stacanis. I'm Robert Clark Chan. And we are joined by two guest stars, both of whom (laughs) individually had been on the show before the AE double back crossover. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to introduce you to Teresa Gumprecht and oh, Calder wow. Hallbrook, otherwise known as the AE Doubleback, two-thirds of that podcast with Robert Clark Chan. Say hello, everybody. Hey! Wow. Uh, Teresa okay, now- and I do go places and introduce ourselves as the two-thirds, and we give a wink. Yeah, that's actually the name of my band. You know, the two-thirds. first off, excellent. I'd also be concerned if there was like an, uh, you know, an older couple that came up giving you that look at the bar and introduced themselves as the two-thirds. <laughs> Because that implies that you are the third third. Oh, Lord. Oh, boy. God willing. God willing. You know, modern times. Ray, you want in? Uh, You know what? Let's go. (laughs) Um, So anyway, we're talking about... Now, who picked this one out today, Robert Clark Chan? It was me. Oh, (laughs) finally. The the guilty culprit is revealed. (laughs) This is... The Gary Coleman show, which, okay, first off, Chan, good on you for knowing that this existed. I had no idea. Look, I'm a fan of different strokes uh, from when I was a kid. I used to watch the F out of it in syndication. Big fan of, obviously, uh, Gary Coleman, star of the Gary Coleman show. And I did not know this cartoon even existed. I assume this is the late 70s. I should have probably looked it up. (laughs) There's no no way to know. Robert will be right back. Uh Uh-oh. He did a BRB. Uh oh, child, child-related. Well, you know what? I'm gonna take the moment to look it up now, so I don't look like a weirdo. No, well, mm-hmm. um, yeah. When when was this made? Like, I also think. I mean, I have a theory that the guy who voiced Hornswoggle was also Gargamel. Oh my god! It does sound like it, right? Yeah, right. It, I think also the character design heavily was gar- was Gargamel. Yeah. I think everything was influenced by everything that came before. Like, how you know, do you just, like slapdash oh. this together? Nothing, nothing. There's nothing new under the sun, is what the Bible tells us. I would believe that 100 percent of the animation here was just recolored from some other show. Yeah, 
so cheap and poorly done. Also, scripts just replace. Uh, I don't know, uh, uh, Rudy from uh, um, uh, Fat Albert, and just call it a Gary Coleman show. Hmm. Yeah. So. Guys, this is a show from 1982, I am just now discovering. And uh, sure enough, uh, this is Gary Coleman. Now, I don't remember exactly when Different Strokes came out, but I believe it was around that same time. And I am of the strong belief now, and I'm looking it up even as I'm speaking and as I'm not seeing it, but it was my belief that uh, the voice of Hornswoggle, the villain on the show, was also the voice of Gargamel on the Smurfs show, but I am seeing no evidence to actually support that. It was just some other actor who did a bunch of other stuff. We so can neither confirm there. nor deny. But it's, you know what? It's a Gargamel sound alike, but we'll get there <laughs> in just a sec. The story of the Gary Coleman show. Now, has anybody ever heard of this show before, uh, or is it just Robert Clark Chan? I've never not. heard of no. it. Yeah, I have no idea that this existed. Uh, the animation is very cheap. Uh, it is early 80s. This is back in the age of where, you know, every celebrity of that era would get their own cartoon show along with Mr. T in the van of gymnasts, whatever that was called. And, uh, you know, Laverne and Shirley, Mork and Mindy, Happy Days. We just watched the Brady Kids from the 1970s, which was very, very exciting. But the Gary Coleman show is a different spin on all of this because this show, he's actually playing a character who yeah. is also Gary Coleman, sure. But he's at least a specific character. Usually in these cartoon shows, these people just play themselves. Or it's just the... their TV character. He's, he's yeah. LeBeau? LeBeau? He's Andy LeBeau. And it's so annoying because he keeps getting called LeBeau. And I I really hate that name. I don't oh, know really? why. But the you more I LeBeau heard it, the more I was sure. <laughs> would, you, would you say that it's a, a, an anti-French hatred? I don't know what it is. It's just like, just maybe it was the way it was being said. LeBeau. Anything more, LeBeau? Are you, an, like are you a Gambit hater? I feel like that's what's going on. Maybe. There. I wow. love the opening credits. First of all, I I liked um, his depiction. It looks just like him with this little hair part. I thought just it was real like cute. Um, in the credits, I love opening credits that like kind of tell you everything you need to know and we learned that when he, we yeah it did we learned he's an angel um and we learned that when he takes his halo off he turns into a regular boy so he can hang out with these kids we learned that there's a bad dude that follows him around some sort of demon or devil uh, but only yeah. he can see it <laughs> so you know it's all very interesting I thought at first. I mean, they they missed the boat on the the theme song that relates what we're what we're also seeing. Uh, because I, you know, I would I would love to have that stuck in my head for a few weeks, but uh, alas, uh, we got an instrumental track only. I think, right? Yeah, I could use some lyrics here. Is all I'm trying to say. Like, in order to just fully, because here's the deal. Uh, let me tell the story as I see it. And you guys fill in the pieces where you see I'm clearly getting it wrong. Okay. Okay. Gary Coleman is an angel, a guardian angel named LeBeau. Yes. He is is protecting and guarding, guardianing over a, a town of white people, mm-hmm. uh, a suburban town. I guess it's not all white no. people, but it's, yeah. it's, it's mostly white people. And, <laughs> and he also isn't very good at the job, nor does he really care about the job in that he sloughs off his responsibilities all the time 
and honestly would just as soon tell everybody down there that he's a guardian angel so he could just assist them easier. However, there is a schmarmy, angry mom angel named uh, Angelica, who is like his teacher, who's also his nag, who has to keep him in line. No, not nag, boss. Boss. Okay. See, well, it feels wow. like. She... Wow, Ray. No, what are you <laughs> talking about? All she does is complain about him. Like, that's it. I've had bosses and I've had uh, annoying bosses, but she really takes on more of like a school marm than She's a, like some a kind boss of figure. teacher slash boss because he's supposed to be learning and he's supposed to be doing his homework and stuff because he's a child angel, which is just weird. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. The second point was, so clearly Gary Coleman as this LeBeau character is a young kid who died. This is like mm -hmm. a Casper situation all over again. Well, should I be feeling weird that not only is this young child been killed, but in the afterlife, they forced him to get a job. Uh -huh, I, uh -huh. I mean, we don't know how guardian angels come about, right? So maybe, he was a child that died, but maybe he was just an angel that sprung out of the clouds like all the other angels. Oh boy. We don't know. Oh boy. I'm I'm not gonna like come down too hard on like the whole backstory of this all because it was based on a movie and I could have searched Wait, what? Oh, do you people not was okay. look, Chan, unless unless the movie was called the Gary Coleman movie, I'm calling shenanigans. <laughs> the movie was called Angel with a Broken Halo. It was oh. Oh, that's a Marilyn Manson song from the '90s. What are you that talking is... about? And nope. and and the show was adapted from it. What don't you get? Thank there we you. go. So, was Gary Coleman in that movie then? Yes, and uh, obviously, you know, he was so popular that like, well, let's just uh, spin Keep it, it off, put his name on it, and you know, okay. he was the selling point as opposed to, of course. You know, uh, I, I do oh. think now I saw uh, a the Gary Coleman show Pinball Machine at some point. They must have been, uh, yeah, merchandising it out crazy. Huh. Uh, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to come down on hard because there might actually be some logic behind all of this uh, nonsense. Sure. Um, wow, nonsense. look at you. It's 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 a it's it is a bit hard to stomach at times because it it doesn't none of it tracks. None of it tracks. Uh, okay, so do we move on to the episode, like the actual episode? I'm not done talking about the setup, quite honest <laughs> Look, with you and, here. And, and I would like to uh, uh, to uh, start speculating about uh, the cause of LeBeau's death, if any. You know what? Let's let's go there first, Calder, because I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Cancer. <laughs> uh, yeah, cancer. Uh, definitely a possibility. I was also thinking maybe he's the one kid who actually died from a razor blade. Oh, oh got an I apple? Okay. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I would actually speculate it was just a rare kidney disease. Oh, a rare one. Maybe wow. maybe I'll just be just on oh, the nose no. with that one. That's oh god. I don't know. I don't uh, know how dark we're gonna get, but uh mm -hmm. if you want to open those floodgates. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I think here. he might have died when floodgates got opened and he drowned. Oh boy, ah, see, this all holds up. Now, I just I also want to talk about this hornswoggle character because oh, yeah. I swear he's basically, uh, he's Gargamel. He looks just like the villain in Secret Life of Pets 2, as played by Nick Kroll, the uh, the evil gypsy man who runs the the, the illegal circus. Um, and I just question here because, uh, much like a Captain Planet villain, what exactly are his goals? Who exactly is he? Because a Angelica can't see him or perceive him in any way, but he's visible to literally everyone else that he comes across in all forms. So what's the deal with this guy? I was very irritated by that because 
the first time we see this thing happen, it's kind of a snuffle up against situation. Like he right. he goes away and then she's like, oh, he doesn't really exist. He's in your mind. But then the second time he is there and going blah, blah, blah. Ha ha. She can't see me, which really, I mean, it stops making it a gag. And yes. it's become something like that you then have to explain about the world and would much rather him just disappeared because he wants to make Gary Coleman look like an asshole. Yeah. And and this is interesting too, because this is his personal demon. So does that mean that guardian Mm. angels and angels in general have like a personal demon that while they're learning to become an, an angel and a guardian angel, Oh my God. They have to like, just somehow pass all these tests and like not be you know hold on if this is a personal demon did gary coleman andy lebeau die of a a drug overdose and so has a literal demon that uh, is holding him back well personal demons aren't all um drugs sir Really? It could be food. It could, it could be, be could be alcohol. Gambling. It could Seriously. be it could be uh, race it could cars. be it could be a pornography addiction. This well, this that would be you. <laughs> oh my god. Overate, uh drank himself to death, uh died in a race car accident. Adrenaline junkie. Oh. <laughs> or jerked off to death. <laughs> These oh. are the options that you're saying are better than a drug overdose. I'll be I'm honest, race car seems the most I'm likely. You can't assume and what I just, someone's I, personal and demon I, I, is. And I just want to say that jerking off is 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 loving yourself, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You saying you, you can't love yourself too much? Look, I'm, proof you can't, I'm proof you can't, Chan. Um, uh, according <laughs> to Teresa, you can. Oh. Apparently, well, look, people have died. She knows them who have died. I didn't say, first of all, I was not the one that brought up porn addiction. I feel like if we went back in the tapes, we'd find out that it's your fault. So. <laughs> <laughs> look, we're just going to cut you saying porn addiction to like the very front of the episode. Can just you so cut very it a clearly... bunch of times and, and like put a record on it and then do scritchy scratchies and make it oh, a yeah. rap? Sweet, <laughs> oh, kinda... sweet porn. Sweet, sweet, sweet porn. <laughs> Well, I'd like to take this one step further because Hornswoggle is the name of the personal demon. Oh, and boy. To Hornswoggle somebody means to hoax them, to trick them. So I'm wondering if he got tricked into jerking off too much to death. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> that's, like, that's like, like he got manipulated into putting his hands there and <laughs> he got manipulated know. into doing some manipulating, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, this yeah. feels like something that we'd get in a film strip in uh, the 80s. You'd be like, there are bad people out there, and if you don't be careful, they might trick you into touching yourself, and then you'll die. Mm-hmm. Yep. My brother just told me a story about how he and my brother were in the park once, and some dude some dude actually pulled up in a car and said, hey, do you kids want some candy? Oh. And John or Andrew was like, do we want candy? And John was like, no, he's a stranger. And then Andrew turns, he's like, you're a stranger. And the mm. guy drove off. So cartoons work, you guys. They were. Wow. Man. And on that day, Willy Wonka's factory did not find a new owner. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's sad. That's sad. That's some real lazy pedophilia there. Can I just say that? Like, if you're going to go out and kidnap children to do horrible things to them, like, get a better game. Apparently, that used to work. Mm-hmm. And that's why every cartoon and every after school special all said, 
don't trust people. And like, I had a coloring book even that somebody that was talking at her school brought to us talking about bad touch and all that. And, uh, don't, you know, there was candy. There were like, do you want a puppy or do you want to play with my puppy or something? You know, stuff like that. Look at these serial killers of the seventies and eighties. If you yeah. watch, if you look at like the Ted Bundy story, yeah, he's he was just, just like, like "Can hey. you help me carry some groceries?" And yeah. she's like, "Sure." <laughs> and then he murders her. Can you help me put this this chair in my back of my car? Okay, I'll get in the car first. Like, like people yeah, were yeah. real, real dumb back then, and they just trusted people. Thank God we don't live in a world like that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't even answer the door when someone knocks. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just not a good idea. Mm. Uh, I, I want to note that, uh, Robert Clark Chan was just recorded, uh, on, on audio offering pointers to pedophiles. Yeah, that's, that's a very good fair. point. I think we need to tell the FBI. This would not be the first time. And <laughs> I seriously doubt it will be the last. You're not wrong. Um, so do we talk about the episode? <laughs> Have you ever been on the show before, Teresa? Yeah, no. I just, okay, like, fine. I just don't know when I should start saying my thoughts on it. <laughs> well, here we go. I'll, I'll start telling you what happens, and then you tell me when you want to jump in. We open with Gary Coleman, or I'm just going to call him Gary Coleman. He's Lebo. Who cares? Yeah. It's, it's Gary it's Coleman. Name the damn show. They don't yeah. care about this Lebo no. fellow. Honestly, I don't even know why they didn't just call him Gary Coleman. I know what you say. You claim it's based on a movie. Uh, uh, I don't believe you. So, um, <laughs> I mean, at some point, the kid is going to ask, wait a minute, is Gary Coleman dead? Then you have a whole boatload of other questions. You can start sending in mail to the network and, you know, he's one of the So he's, he's, he's doing his homework because not only does he have a job, he has homework in the afterlife. This sounds terrible. I'm glad glad I didn't die young. That would have sucked. (laughs) (laughs) So he's only reason. That's it. Uh, he's learning levitation, which is amazing. He's like, I'm so good at this. I could do it while standing on my head. Then he flips upside down and says, oh, I am doing it on my head. Whoa, I'm levitating towards the ground. <laughs> also and known as falling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The tone uh, in your voice suggests that, that you're mocking this situation <laughs> and that it is not realistic for an angel to reverse levitate into the ground. Uh, I would suggest that, yes. Uh, The cartoon was suggesting it was a massive mistake on his part. Yeah, you know he 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 is a novice. Uh, he does not know what he's doing with these angel powers. He could hurt himself and millions of of mortals. No, this is a problem I often have with model kits or Lego sets. In that, what I would suggest you do is read through the entire thing first, so you have a general idea where you're going. As opposed to just doing it one step at a time with no actual concept of why you're doing the things you're doing. Oh, and yeah. that's because sometimes you get to a point where you realize you've made a mistake, but because you never conceptualized where you're going, you only thought about it in small pieces. Uh, uh, you, you have no idea where the mistake was made. It just doesn't work now. This is also and, like a, the frozen pizza problem uh, where you have to fish it out of the garbage. What are you talking about? Oh, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, you don't throw away the uh, pizza box after you put it into the oven uh, because Oh, you, you need forget, to know how long or you, yeah, you'll forget. And then you're like, Oh geez, was it? And then, and then, and then you got to oh, put thank your God. in the stinky garbage. You know, here's another way you can look. Uh, you just look at it. Interesting. I yeah. honestly thought when, when the, Calder when first said that he, he, 
He just put the entire pizza box and all in the oven, then took it out of the oven, then threw it away. And then the realization came with, oh, there's a pizza in there. And then he had to fish it out of the garbage. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought it was the same thing as a Duraflame log, which you just Thank throw you. into the fire. Don't throw the pizza out with the box. Oh, man. It's a very old, old expression. A yeah. lesson yeah. for us all. Uh, a gr- one of my actual gags I thought worked was when he's in the apple tree. Or I'm sorry, I the like pizza. I'm look- I'm, I'm, why are you up in that tree? I'm looking for an apple. Well, that's good. interesting because that's a peach tree. Mm-hmm. And I was like, funny. He's like, I thought I was wondering why my apple was so fuzzy. I'll be honest, that bit got me. I was like, well, maybe we're not in for like a dire time right now. Yeah, he's like, I thought my apple needed a shave. That's I like the line. that. Not a bad line. No, no not I was at all. That. Look, at Although, that point, I was like, maybe maybe this is going to be okay. Let's talk about, um, first off, does anybody know the name of this town? Because I originally wrote Oatville as oh. an oatmeal, but a town. It was like, it sounded not like Oatville you. to me, too. I think it was but, Oakville, like the tree. Oak. Oakville. Oakville. That makes a little more sense. Which is sort of like Oakland. Yes. It's a lot like it. It's a lot mm-hmm. like it. Down and this would make sense because uh, later on, there's a point where there's a really huge hill in the middle of the city. And I was like, God, that reminds me of like San Francisco or Oakland. So that would make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely nowhere in the Midwest. Because there's a mountain. <laughs> uh, you know, it's not in, in Ohio. <laughs> uh, I, I do want to talk about this um, blurred though, because uh, blurred. Uh, he He's speaks in an elevated uh, tone. Uh, he uses vocabulary words that should not be out of the realm of children. And yet um, every literally, I would say nine out of 10 times that he speaks, the sister is there to say, what he means to say is, and then she says it uh, in simpler terminology, which is real, real irritating. So, mm-hmm. wait, if someone's listening and they haven't seen this, what they might not know is that there are two children, two kids. One is super smart, and one is his sister who's smart but doesn't talk the same. <laughs> um, and those are the people you're talking about right now. Yes. I didn't observe you up there earlier. Uh, yeah. Uh, I didn't observe you up there earlier instead of saying, I didn't see you there. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, and Gary but Coleman's into the, the sister. Of- I want to make sure I point that out as well. Although when she returns the affection, he's like, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. And I'm uh-huh. like, that tracks. That tracks. Uh, and the, but by using the word observe, you're already clued into the fact that Andy's wearing glasses, that, oh, he's the, the smart professor like kid. So we can get into some professor-like shit at some point. Mm-hmm. Mm, professorly hijinks. It, you know. Yeah, he apparently is, is smart enough to have full autonomy on an archaeology dig. So like, that's, yeah. that's you this know, is, big ups. I have questions about that coming up. Absolutely. Now, the thing, the thing that annoys me about this premise, about this gimmick, about this character bit of he has to use big words and speak longer than he needs to in order to let everybody know he's smart every moment of every day. The issue that I have with it is when under duress, nobody would do that. (laughs) When you're actually like about to fall off a cliff, you're not spending an extra 30 seconds to make sure your words are are real long. And that's the, that's the, when, 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 when he's still doing it while careening out of control over a cliff on a bike later, it really annoyed me because no, that nobody would ever do that. You would lose the gimmick, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to push back on this a little bit. Because oh, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if I'm going to die in a 
in a bike crash off a hill, I 100% am going to go out using 50 cent words. Mm. Uh, like, uh, yeah. Which ones? Robert, Robert Clark Chan was heard to scream, oh, God, no, in iambic pentameter as he went off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> Does this be my most- end? Oh, Lord. Most beautiful haiku on his way down. He died the way he lived. Trying to impress me with big words. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is interesting. Um, so the kids are like, they want to go to this archaeological dig. And so on their way, we get a little bit of uh, the device of the show. So the kids' bikes, the brakes go out and they're... Um, uh, so then Gary has to try and help them and he helps them in a couple ways, but then he, uh, uses his halo. Uh, he puts his halo on to do angel shit yes. and when he takes his halo off, then he's a regular boy. I think that's a fun little device to set up for, you know, indefinite episodes. It should be. It- and somehow they managed to fuck it up. Um- <laughs> The part that really bothers me about this, now, Calder, to what you said earlier, I'm going to expound upon it slightly. Oh, they find out do. there's an archaeological fossil dig going on, and the blurred wants to go and join it, so everybody's going to join it. This archaeological dig is apparently on the top of a large mountain, and he's going to bike up this extremely large mountain, but also oh, somehow down this no, no. extremely large mountain. No, no, before we get to that, because there was the bit where uh, <laughs> Hornswoggle shows up and like, let's have a little... They race. had a bike race. Oh, or they, they have a race. Or mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It doesn't go anywhere. I yeah. don't understand. It didn't finish. It didn't explain why he wanted to do it. It felt like um, the beginning of a thing, like, hey, let's race there and let's. Uh, I'll bet you your halo... Or let's race there, and then while Gary Coleman's racing, he like uh, trips him up somehow, and like it's it's just like let's race, well, okay, and then he disappears, and that's it. I think well, what he fair. was doing though was affecting the bike, and so the race idea is like I'm going to get to the kids first, so that I'm going to fuck their day up or hurt them, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you will be lagging behind, unable to do anything. That was think- the race. I think they actually paid it off in a different way in that he, they say on your market set, Hornswoggle takes off. Gary Coleman's still waiting for go, but it doesn't happen. And then he gets interrupted by his angel uh, teacher. And then I believe he says something to the effect of like, I just lost the race. Like that was the payoff. He just, (laughs) it's over. He lost. Yeah. Yeah. It's a classic case of a woman getting in the way of you achieving your goals. And that's what kids need to learn. Oh my God. 1982 had different lessons than had today. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So um, yeah, they end up going to this archaeological dig in some kind of bizarre mountainy area, but they dig. They're digging this huge hole <laughs> and discover a cave in this huge hole. Now, I witnessed this in documentaries uh, mm-hmm. of like P- Egyptologists discovering new tombs. But like I've never heard of this happening where the cave isn't already completely open and available and you know Yes. Not yeah. you don't have to dig to it. And I've seen enough I've seen enough on the Discovery Channel to know <laughs> that they don't just hand children who wander onto the set shovels and just say, no. start digging. Like it's actually a lot more pristine and and and, and complicated than that. Yeah. Um, no, but the, also the, what, the yeah. 
the 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 chain of provenance on on the stuff that they find is destroyed. There's absolutely no way to glean any academic insight into any of it now. Nothing, and they're they're there for caveman tools, which is kind of a like. Why do they think there's caveman tools there? There's no evidence to support this um, at all. Now there are, so it's fine. It was artifacts. Caveman artifacts. Oh, Relics. Me. They call them relics. That's what it was. I'm going to volunteer my help. Think of it. Ancient pottery. Stone axes. Why, I might even stumble on a skeleton. The skeleton is the, the top prize. There's no doubt about it. Look, if you can go home with a dead person, you're going to do it uh, every single time. What, what, what I love about this, though, is that they just say, like, rather than get the people in charge of the dig because we found this hole, rather than get anybody involved with this, let's us children just wander inside and then just at no point turn around and come back like when it gets difficult. They're mm-hmm. on, on like one one foot wide ledges around rock faces. They're like, yeah, we're just going to keep go-. like at a certain point. I forgot that they weren't actually trapped down there. Yeah. <laughs> like they're, the only reason to keep going in this regard is if because there is no way back, but there yeah. is a way back. So what are you doing? What are you possibly doing? Now I see why this angel has so much business. So the archaeologist that they think they see is actually the little devil, the devil guy dressed as a caveman. Not just any caveman. Fred Flintstone. He's dressed just like Fred Flintstone, which I think is real weird. Yeah. uh, So he does that because the kids will be more frightened of a caveman than like, just again, a pedophile. Or uh, by, a knife. By Hornswoggle's words, he just he dresses for where he's at. Like where, like, <laughs> where, like had had they been like at a sporting goods store, he would have put on a store uniform. I hmm. like it. When in the when in the cave, and do as the cavemen do. So what he's he's doing this to 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 be inconspicuous. But he's also trying to scare them. I think he's just trying to feel the vibe. (laughs) He's vibing with the cave, is what you're saying. Yeah. The devil guy is trying to scare them, but then Gary (laughs) puts his enormous caveman outfit that's kind of dragging behind him on a rock. On a rock. So that he just keeps walking and it snaps off of him. Like, who does that? It was a weird, like, train like a like a wedding dress train but for a uh, caveman fur it had no purpose except for that yeah it's the only purpose it served like they couldn't the animators couldn't even be bothered to just like stretch out uh, a normal looking normal air quotes looking caveman outfit they had to just draw in the train because they were like i don't want to be bothered to like draw it again just make no. it super long for no reason no, I, 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 I respect that yeah. they should not have made that effort <laughs> when they first showed up in that outfit i was like okay one of two things is going to happen it's either going to get caught on something yeah or he's going to exactly. end up hanging from it off of something yeah that is the only two places we're going with this and the answer was a a was the answer it got caught in a rock revealing him i thought he was going to be straight nakers i'm not going to lie the fact he's wearing red boxer shorts i thought was a little avant-garde for 1982 <laughs> didn't wear boxers back then underneath the thing already so i was like what how is he shamed by this in any way? Doesn't even in sense. 1982, because he was, sh- you know, all of his uh, the parts of his body. He's a little, uh, I was going to say, insecure about. Okay, okay. You know, was yeah, hidden yeah. by that enormous cave dress. 
I yeah. don't think a guy with one of those little pointy uh, uh, <laughs> poetry uh, beards should be uh, uh, afraid of anything visually. That's all well, I'm trying I, to say. I'll tell you what I think. <laughs> I think that uh, that Hornswoggle might have body dysmorphia because he's wearing this way oversized uh, like a caveman outfit. P- possibly it was a good fit for him at some point in the past. He's He's oh. been over-exercising. He still thinks he's not in the right place, and he's wrong. Uh, Hornswoggle, you, you're fine. Was he? Did he do WW for a long time? And uh, was really? Oh yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Like when you when he's not pestering Gary Coleman, he's looking at his points and and getting worried. Is this the right time to talk about how rebranding Weight Watchers as WW is Ugh. the worst idea imaginable? That I'll is be terrible. Honest. It took me a sec to even figure out what you were talking. I thought about. it was wrestling. Uh, I thought we were talking about wrestling. I, I did as well. Problem. I yeah. was watching a commercial and it was like, and now WW has your thing. And I'm like, wait, is this a, is it a website? Like you're talking to old people, like go to www.whatever. And I was like, no, there's it's people a- talking and there's, they're being real inconspicuous. So maybe it's like a prescription drug. And I was like, WW, what a, oh my God. You know what? Then they're going to rebrand it and it's just going to be double dubs. Double mm-hmm. dub. I, mean, yeah, it, it, I think the coolness is really going to help draw in the, you know, like a lot of people. Now, see, I'm old enough to remember that, you know, in order for anybody to say their web address back when the Internet was still kind of a <laughs> yeah. new thing, every single place would be www.google.com. And it's just it's just but that's not a thing. We would just say, well, you're just going to go to patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast. For example, I could have picked any website there. But uh, my point <laughs> is like. I remember this decade straight where it was always wasted energy saying www dot. So yeah. when you say www, immediately my brain is like w dot, mm-hmm. and it just it messes with my mind. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think we we wasted the, those ten years in a lot of ways. Uh, that being one of them. Uh, and, I feel and, like and and doing improv. I think would also <laughs> uh, maybe one more than the other. After watching wrestling for years, I know that one of the things that any federation would strive to do is get the audience chanting their letters. You yeah. know, like EC Dub. Mm. EC Dub was just smooth. WC Dub was one of the worst because you have to say W multiple times. Yeah, and this is good. just W Dub. Like, it's, you were kind of joking, Teresa, but if they no, did. No, double, double Dub. Double Dub. Yes. Boom. They should have. Could you have gotten Ewok the widget or, or yeah, Ewok dub, dub. widget the Ewok as your uh, spokesman yeah, and say dub dub? It's, it's a million dollar idea. Is Raven yeah, it eventually? Will he get it? Look, dab, dab. I pictured him, and then I tried putting the words together, and it just went horribly from there. Widget the Weewob. That's what you're thinking of, definitely. Widget the Dubwub. Uh, just get him to Ewok all up in this shit. What are we talking about right now? Listen, my brain, Chan, I don't know if you know this. My brain doesn't always work right. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's on fire right now. Um, how long did it take you to figure out how to plug in this microphone today? We're fine. We're uh, all look, I am. I am. Here's the deal. USBs. Uh, I will never not plug it in incorrectly. Oh, I know. No matter how many times I try the first time with this mic. And I'm reminded that mathematically speaking, there is one person out there in the world who has never failed on his first attempt to plug in a oh USB. Oh, God. Board. Oh my! And I'm like, this motherfucker is lottery winner. My goddamn mind! It's probably Ted Cruz. Oh no! Oh my god! What a waste! Probably right. You're probably right. Uh, so. All right. So the guy's outfit comes off, 
but then the off. cave, check this out. The cave caves in by the entrance. Mm. And the guy, yes. the the smart dude says they're hopelessly lost, but they're at the entrance of the cave. They're not lost at all. They're, no, they, they, they know where they are. Yeah. This is what upsets me is that they're like, we don't, we need to find the entrance. Immediately cut to uh, Gargamel as Fred Flintstone. Uh, 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 being ooga booga with the club or something. Wow! And wow! That's that's his deal. And but he's doing it right in front of the mouth of the cave, the yeah. entrance. And yet they still claim we don't know where it is. You are five feet away from it. Yeah. Ray, not all who wander are lost. Magnet on my fridge, Robert Clark Chan. <laughs> They're, they're, you know, they're, they're not, yeah, they're not, uh, like in trouble that, you know, they're taking a gap year and like before they resume, you know, knowing where they are in the cave. <laughs> it's fair. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just taking a year to explore the cave. <laughs> then they get the caveman axe. Yes. To axe themselves out oh, of boy. the cave, which this is. This is really, I, I'm, I am like legitimately upset about this. As am I, <laughs> as am I. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, honestly, if you find a pristine axe from the Neolithic period, (laughs) tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of years old, you die in that fucking cave. You don't go smashing it up so you can bust through a rock slide. No, Mm. you do it for science. You say you take the L and you say, well, that's that's it for me. I hope they find my skeleton. I hope somebody stumbles on my skeleton in a few thousand years. Yeah, no, I think uh, like that. Yeah. Let the uh, punishment fit the crime. If you destroy a relic, you must become a relic. You know, mm. big ups, big ups to the people who made those tools. They got nothing on craftsmen. Those tools still work great oh, after yeah. tens and hundreds of thousands of years. Yeah, because you know why? Because it's just a rock. And the extended mm. warranty still valid. Still valid somehow because <laughs> we just got it. It's new to us. <laughs> I really didn't like how this ended, though, because the Angelica or Angie, as uh, Gary liked to call her, um, said, I have a big surprise for you, LeBeau. Mm-hmm. But then she makes him write on a sky chalkboard with cloud chalk. I Crazy. will do my homework like a hundred times. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. He just saved these kids or tried to anyway. Yeah. I think at yeah, a certain they, point, they just, just let him go. This is, this is how, go. this is how women are going to reward you kids. <laughs> You know, the, actually, I would take the one step before Calder uh, uh, lost his mind. Um, <laughs> uh, I would say uh, uh, really what angered me about her is even before that, um, she's cock blocking, but also uh, he's offered groovy fudge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's like, you will say no to the groovy fudge and you will come right on space clouds. And it's just this yeah, she, she not OK. She orders him to go to the Dagobah system. That's right. Uh, groovy fudge, if you don't know, is is are edibles. There's mm-hmm. no way that those aren't edibles. So it makes sense that the angel would say, don't you dare, because that's obviously, you know, violates whatever angel code or fucking what all. What happens but, if an angel does edibles? Does it even work? Uh, they, they I think they flip upside down and levitate to hell. <laughs> Shit. Um, but well, I, I mean, I was I like the ending of this. Because Angie finally gets hers. 
like true. I got a surprise for you and and uh dipshit over here is all like oh boy I'm gonna really um get my propers for destroying all these beautiful ancient artifacts and he's back where he should be uh doing his goddamn homework you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. I, I just want to say I I do not like their relationship at all I know at I all either because she's you know she's a little overbearing but she is his boss slash teacher. Yeah. Uh, and so she is the authority figure in this situation. And he calls her uh, by the wrong name uh, uh, on purpose repeatedly, which is very disrespectful. Mm-hmm. He's always not wanting to do his job. And his job is literally saving lives. Mm-hmm. What is he, an LAPD officer trying to find a Snorlax? I mean, this is not okay. <laughs> but I mean, is he, why is he? He's he's in training, but he's also on active duty. What is what is going on there? Yeah, you got to go down and save lives. If you don't, well, you're in training. Who cares? I will say that I am 100% on Angie's side here. I yeah. get the, the resignation in her voice. She's like, Jesus Christ, why am I saddled with this dude? I feel like if you if you showed your wife this, she would also be like, oh, yeah, no, Angie's 100% in the right. What is wrong with this little Gary Coleman fellow? Like yeah. he needs to get his shit together and start calling her by her real name. And, and, just, all, yeah. and just imagine how it is now that uh, Angie probably has to be reopening the angel school, even though the, the pandemic is as bad as it's ever been. Oh, and like, bad. think about There's that. There's so many more children, oh. angels. And the angel oh. Gabriel won't let him wear masks. It's, ugh, it's just a mess. Can't even. Oh. Yeah. Like the things like they're bar- legally barred from talking about all kinds of important issues. Like it's it's you know, what is our education in heaven these days? And then Gabriel disappeared for two weeks and just didn't tell anybody like <laughs> right in the midst of the It's terrible. Now, the question uh, that I would have, though, is and, and this is this is a knock against Angie. I will say don't call me Angie, uh, is that she 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 takes this a little too 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 much to heart. She lets this affect her maybe a little bit too much. He's one shitty employee who she only seems to have to interact with every once in a while. Uh, near as I can tell, like her, her records aren't tied to his or bonus structure, not tied or whatever the heck is going on here. It's more of just like, if he does a shitty job, then she just doesn't like that he's doing a shitty job. But at a certain point, it's his job and you have to let him do his job. And even if he's not the best that you would be at the job, you got to give him that autonomy and not like, worry about it because it's not your job it's his job and i think she would be mentally healthier if she could learn to just let go a little bit some of us take pride in our work ray mm-hmm. and i'm not one of those people wow chad you've worked with me long enough to know that quality is not my number one gi joe will return after these messages Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 20 years ago, I made millions and millions on TV. The sad part is the people who took care of the money spent it. Recently, I needed some cash fast. I saw a commercial for Cash Call and called 866-590-CASH. $10,000 was in my account the next day. So if you get into a tight spot and need five or $10,000, try Cash Call. Cash Call was there when I needed them. That's 866-590-CASH. 866-590-CASH. Now, back to G.I. Joe. I think during this episode at one point, Gary, when talking about um, Hornswoggle, he said, that guy's slippier, slipperier than a sardine sideburn. Thank you for saying that, because what the F? Yeah. I like that. Yeah, hold on, hold on, because I also heard that, and I was like, what the, I need to puzzle this out, and I never did. Guy's slipperier than a sardine sideburn. I love it. It is what well, you you what you cannot deny the truth of it. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. I've worked with uh you know sardines, anchovies, that sort of a thing. They are covered in oil, so they are nominally slippery, but I don't consider the fish by itself to be a, a naturally slippery fish. Am I fish are typically, you know, when you're joking about or talking about someone slipping through the nets, because Fish can wriggle through things, you know, they can slip through their hands, you know, when you're trying to grab one in a river or the ocean, they're going to slip right through. I would say they're, they're figuratively slippery for sure, but it it involves muscle movement. But but like, I think, I think the sideburn element of it really makes it so that like, if the fish is on your face vertically, it is going to slip right off. Yeah, but if, it's, if it is a sideburn, is it not attached through follicles to your face? Yeah, it's yeah. the sardine's sideburn. So it's going to oh. be even slipperier because it's the sardine's sideburn. Wait, oh, wait, you're okay, saying it's the sideburn yeah, of my mind. Yes, like sardine oh. apostrophe S. Can we Sideburn. hear this again? We I need to hear this again because I must not have heard it right there. I, Teresa's blowing my mind right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Play uh, it we again. We don't know that because uh, it does say sardine sideburns, but that doesn't necessarily mean there's an apostrophe S. Sardine sideburn because you don't have just like one sardine. You have a can of sardine. I, I need to, to hear it again. I need clarity here, Chan. Whatever. You're not using your brain, Robert. <laughs> well, I, I- Flippier than a sardine sideburn. I'm sorry, I but sardine sideburn is and I have sideburns made of uh, sardines. Slipperier than a sardine's sideburn. Therefore, I'm, not, I'm not sure there's sardines. an S now. No, yeah, he's, sardines you can don't hear have it. hair though. So I how would they have sideburns? Oh my god. We should probably so now, now we're starting to talk about the logic of a cartoon now. Welcome oh, back. Okay. Breaking down one sentence is half the podcast. <laughs> I'm your host, Race to <laughs> No S. I'm Kana. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm prepared to stipulate in either case that it's it's slippery. 
yeah, yeah, we'll I'll grant you that. Wait, is it a stacana made of Ray or is it Ray's stacana? See, I don't know anymore. Did the water get him instead? Nobody knows. Particle man. Okay, my moving forward because this episode, this episode, honestly, I thought as as much as uh, the first one was a little weird, the second one had a lot less to it. Uh, yeah. uh, so let's just jump dive right in. Uh, I do, I wonder about the stakes of all this because at some point Angela actually Angelica tells Gary Coleman if you want to keep your wings you got to do the job and now I'm like okay mm-hmm. that adds a certain drama to it is right. there some sort of time uh, frame we're talking about is he going to be banished to hell as a child who failed to do his job even though he's a child like what what are the stakes being present here outside of just these kids will be upset. Yeah, I think, yeah, you get busted down to limbo or something like that. Well, it must be really hard to be a guardian angel without wings. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what does that mean? He's just like on desk duty. You can jump down to Earth, but you can't get back up. (laughs) Oh, boy. Or once you're down on Earth, you can't like fly around. Uh, When you uh, don't have much money, you get overdraft fees. So like they're charging people who can least afford to be charged oh boy it just just gonna make your job even harder until you just get into a cycle where you end up in hell Mm -hmm. i I propose a law that says uh if an overdraft fee is to happen to a poor person instead they just take that fee out of like elon musk's bank account thank you fair he would would never notice he would never notice he would never notice thirty dollars Incidentally, Ever. since we talked, since since hell got mentioned, like this is something that, that bothered me about Hornswoggle is that, to, in, to my mind, like once I understood that it was about an angel, I thought we were going to be in a, a heaven hell dichotomy where it's the 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 angel the angelic forces of heaven versus the satanic forces of hell, but Satan is not the counterbalance here, and that kind of frustrated me. No, you know he's just fair. this personal demon that likes to bug gary yeah to no he's end not, he's not there to achieve anything no. he's there that's to it be a dick yeah yeah he's a troll he's literally an internet troll from 1982 who just goes around being like oh you guys are gonna go outside what if i made it rain in this one spot i'm yeah. an asshole and like I, there's oh, no but there's no purpose behind it it's very i mean the the internet trolls of the early 80s were committed <laughs> that's mm-hmm. true uh, so get that weather dominator. This one, we get introduced to two new characters and some other characters, but Bartholomew is calling for help mm. from the top of a ladder. Mm. And yeah. then LeBeau makes the chair catch him. Good job, LeBeau. I would argue that these people should die. They do not deserve a guardian angel. Yeah. That dude was uh, wobbling around on his ladder for like seven minutes. Yeah. Before uh, Gary Coleman shows up and like uh, he does all of this really convoluted stuff to move a damn chair. I don't know. You could just walk up to his ladder and stabilize him with your hands. Boom. You haven't proven yourself to be an angel. Dipshit. Yeah. Now, one thing I would point out is the actor who plays Bartholomew is named Jerry Hauser, and his name was very familiar to me, so I looked him up. He's been in several things that we have watched on this show, including uh, Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys, Biker Mice from Mars. He's a mm. Darkwing Duck. Oh, we haven't watched that. It's a great show. What? Fish He's Police, not Darkwing Duck? Pro Stars. Wow. He, uh, he was on uh, Pro Stars. Uh, and he also was on G.I. Joe playing the role of sci-fi 
in wow. the de- the uh, Deke oh, era of oh. G.I. Joe, he played okay. sci-fi. But most importantly, and what really caught my eyes, he's almost entirely uh, from like the 80s on an animation voice actor, but he played an important role in, uh, oh, I'm sorry, in, in the original G.I. Joe. Same actor played sci-fi in original Sunbow G.I. Joe as well. So there you go. There's your cross. And moment. also, Gary Coleman is reading science fiction comics at the yeah. beginning of this. I love it. Ooh, the part that I wanted to say is that he is one of my favorite sports movies of all time in the movie Slapshot oh. uh, about the hockey team that fights dirty to win games. He and plays the classic. role of Killer Carlson. Really? Uh, who is a a very upstanding young man who's just going with the flow. So he becomes a dastardly punch him in the face fighter out to claim bounties uh, just because his coach kind of told him it was okay. And so that is Bartholomew. That is just amazing to me because I just love Slapshot and any chance I have to bring it up again, I will do so. But he also (laughs) was sci-fi on GI Joe. All of the, my worlds come together at once. This is the dichotomy of my life. (laughs) <laughs> you think he was like constantly calling up Paul Newman to be like, "Hey, man, you you want to come come around? We'll give you a we'll we'll give you a, 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 a character to voice on the Gary Coleman show." I mean, I would have. Uh, so what's interesting here is there's this really bitchy woman, girl, wow. whatever, named Lydia. She's very rich. She is, you terrible. know, very typical '80s, you know, um, antihero. Not hero. <laughs> Anti-hero. Anti-hero. But like you're not no really supposed to root for them, but somehow you end up rooting for them sometimes. Um, anyways, so she says she's the only one that sees something weird about Andy LeBeau. She's like, yes. how come he just appears out of nowhere? Where does he live? Has no one asked these questions before? It's <laughs> um, a great question. Like, where does he live? Nobody knows, but nobody seems to care. Yeah. Um, this is why rich people deserve everything. They're smarter than oh, us. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, and, and, and you know that this is why they're not the ones doing low skill uh, jobs. They're in the corner offices. Uh, yes, thank you. And that's where that's where the Andy LeBeaus belong. Am I right? Mm-hmm. The thing yeah. that I love, there's this the second line of this show that actually caught me as being funny and clever. And I don't know if you guys picked up on this or remember it, but they say, oh, you're going to donate this bike to our charity auction. She goes, of course, the tires need air. Yeah, I and heard that. That was a perfect line. Gee, Lydia, you're really donating this swell bike to the auction? Of course, silly. The tires need air. It is just, you know, I was reminded of the, you know, the, 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 the sons of the sheiks, uh, uh, in, in the middle East who have billions and billions of dollars and all this inherited money. And they've never known a life that wasn't just constantly catered to their every whim. And the stories go that, uh, uh these guys will go abroad to like London and England and drive these $500,000 cars and just rip them around the city. And then when they run out of gas, they'll just leave them there. Damn. <laughs> they'll just leave them there and then just leave. And then it's not this. I don't need this car anymore. And the money means nothing to them. So they'll have like these, you know, Lamborghinis or Maseratis or whatever, and they'll just park it and let it get towed and then never think about it again. And that's exactly the I'm not saying that she's that rich, but I mean, it's it's the same idea. Dang, she probably is that rich. They also said something. uh, I think Gary said at some point in the earlier part of this, it's quieter than a. Please sneeze. That was clever. I just mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Whoever was writing these types of jokes in the scripts, I'm just like, I, I hear you, buddy. That was a fun one. I want to believe <laughs> Gary Coleman ad-libbed all of those, just for the record. 
is it like the idea is that it's like a sort of a homespun wisdom kind of thing? It's like a Dr. Phil like, moment? Or like a Southern kind of... Well, if it's not alliteration, it's rhyming. And that's just fun. I think it's, like it's, it. it's kind of like a Rudy Ray Moore kind of a thing, I feel like. Mm, okay. like where, where it's kind of like beat, beat poetry almost. Like that signifying kind of thing. Yeah. You know, I'll, go, I'll go back to the Dr. Phil where it's just like, you know... You know, that's sort of just like when you leave a fox in the sauna for a little too long. It's just like, well, I don't know. I don't you know what that means. Anything Dr. Phil. in a little too long. You know? uh, yeah. Humans as well. There do are it. this episode. They're taking everything to an auction. They're trying to earn money for charity by auctioning off some junk. It's like it's not just their. It's like their playgrounds charity. Like yeah. We want to yeah. get new equipment or something. We have a goal in mind for this. We're all donating to this auction, which near as I can tell, not a single actual person from the community no. showed up for. No, so I don't uh, know it, how this works. This is something I had a question about, certainly whether or not an auction was the absolute best mechanism to raise funds in this kind of a situation, because an auction definitely does require that a lot of people be together at one time. And yeah. it sort of seems like they were planning for walk up as as you come like business, a garage sale yeah that's definitely going to be a problem in terms of getting competitive bids yeah, how is it not a yard sale how is it yeah not just Man, i think it is a yard sale up until the point where they realized they wanted to have a gag about bidding yeah and then they just decided it was an auction because the thing is i mean and again maybe we just never cut to them in the audience because nobody wanted to draw them but it, near as i can tell it was just a, a, a hornswoggle the bad guy takes over as the auctioneer uh, uh what a, what a g and then the only people bidding are the kids themselves, which yeah. if this was the entire setup, why not just collect the money? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, at, what, at one point um, before the kids are bidding, they're like, now it's going, now the auction is going great. And I kind of assumed that off screen people were bidding and winning things at that point, like that weren't them. It's just weird that every single camera angle they chose was was a bit like televised wrestling of the 80s, where they only showed you the angle that showed you the front row, or in this case, no angle showed fans at all. Yeah. Like, it's just weird that we just never see or hear any of these people. So They're, in order for it to be going well, there must have been a lot of them. You mean like a WWE show in 2022? Yeah. For example, if I if I watch them, uh, mm. uh we don't watch that show, Robert Clark Chan. <laughs> So at some point, Hornswoggle puts a skate out there that someone's supposed to trip over who's oh, carrying God. a bunch of junk. They give it a weird so It was like an outline for a long time. Yeah, I know. What is that supposed to be? And then it becomes it materializes. Like, that was that feels like an animation mistake. Like they're like, yeah, we're gonna put the uh, uh, skate in here, and then we'll 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 erase this part uh, before we you know shoot this thing and nobody bothered to so LeBeau throws out his halo to help but Hornswoggle catches the halo and puts it in a cigar box so now Hornswoggle is making LeBeau bid on this box anytime LeBeau says anything he's like another dollar so then Lydia tries to outbid him reason being hey if Andy wants it then I want it. The fuck? That's really weird. Yeah. yeah. So now everyone is outbidding each other because they think LeBeau started the bidding war 
because what a great idea. You're going to raise more money. That's the crazy <laughs> part to me, though, is that and I'm still looking at motives for Hornswoggle. It's his motive was to get the halo. He got it, but then immediately turned around because he's a dick and was like, you don't have any money. I'm going to put the halo up for auction knowing you can't bid on it. Mm-hmm. Not even considering the only other people bidding are literally all of his friends. Right. Who would be happy to bid for it and give it to him because all they think it is is a cigar box. Mm-hmm. But then, like he, he the, the bidding, the rich lady wins it for twenty five Lydia of twenty five bucks, and immediately Hornswoggle's like, "What the fuck am I doing? All I wanted yeah. was the halo." And also on top of it, he could have just taken the halo out of the cigar box and given her the cigar box. Yes, because she didn't know there's anything in it. She didn't so know there was anything like- in it. So then he goes up to Lydia and he's like, hey, I'll donate $50 to this charity if you give me that box. Yeah. And so he does. She does. At which which point he steps on the other roller skate, flings the halo into the air, and it gets back in the hands of Gary Coleman. And then uh, that's basically it. That was it. The whole thing was so (laughs) anticlimactic. It's called writing with no motivation. We didn't even get to see the after, like before and after of the playground that they're supposed to be raising money for. I um, would have loved a last shot of the playground. Thank you. No, you know and, what I mean? And, yeah, I think that like uh, the reality here is that nothing ever happens to improve the the playground. The funds are wow. are, are, are embezzled uh, or, or, <laughs> or, 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 or wasted in some fashion. And, you know, life never gets better. There is no way that uh, girl didn't steal the money back. She did. Yeah, yeah. Like, she took that. She got fifty bucks. So she uh, Lydia already uh, made back twice what she was going to put in. So she just walked away with fifty dollars free and clear. That's she how rich people do. It. Figured out a way to take the rest of that money and you know use it to polish her Bentley. The or rest what- of that six bucks. <laughs> you guys, <laughs> she she uh, she bought a new bike. This whole thing was an elaborate scam. She didn't want to inflate her tires. She got it worked into. This is like the woman who kept trading online until like a paperclip gets traded for like a mansion. Like that's all she did right here. Yeah. She just played the long game. I once had this um, bike, which I didn't realize how valuable it was. I gave it away. I I can't believe I did that. But it was like from the 60s (laughs) and um, it still had the same Sears inner tubes. Ooh. So like oh for God. a while, it really worked just fine with those Sears inner tubes. But then I couldn't get the air to stay in, so I had to change the inner tubes. That's Last my story. Last Christmas, <laughs> I gave you my bike. <laughs> I was waiting for it, and then I traded it to a devil. I gave it away, or- and then I find out I gave it away because I wasn't biking anymore in Los Angeles. Uh, so I gave it to a friend, and then. He doesn't know what happened to it. He forgot. He doesn't know. Uh, cut to, I see people selling it for thousands and thousands of oh dollars. God. I was like, I, I had that bike. Ugh, idiot. I'm, uh, now I'm mad at you. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. mad at me too. It's okay. Um, yeah. And Chan, there's a sound poll I need at the end here because I know that you have it and I know that you're ready to use it. So do I even need to ask for it or are you just going to play it? can you believe that sound poll what an evil (laughs) laugh from gary coleman (laughs) chan that's exactly the kind of thing you're always looking for on this show 
<laughs> oh, Chan, no reason to be coy. No reason to act like your power went out. And this is all cut from after that happened. And we don't know what to do now. Oh, Chan, you really, you really live the gimmick. You really, you, you, you sell it. Yes, you do. Okay. So anyway, everybody, that is this episode of Gary Coleman show slash knowing is half the podcast. <laughs> Teresa Calder, thank you both so much for joining us today. Thank uh, you. Perhaps you can tell the people at home what you're up to and what you're uh, doing and, and how people can find you. Uh, I do the AE Doubleback podcast with Calder and Chan uh, all about AEW wrestling. Wow, that's a professional wrestling show. Yes, it is. It sure wow. is. Okay, I mean, the wrestling okay. is professional. We frequently are not. Yes, you know exactly. what? I think that's a tagline. If you if that's not on the poster, I don't know what is. <laughs> you know what, caller? You should write that down right now, so we don't. I will write it. that down. Yeah, yeah don't don't, don't lose that. Don't lose that. That's <laughs> that, that's a that's a tag. <laughs> tag, and I'm here for it. Yeah, and I do acting. I I do writing. Uh, find out what I am proud enough to mention on my Twitter at Calder Holbrook. Yay. Oh, wonderful. Absolutely. And Teresa, how about you? Um, just AE double back. Uh, you can, no, I mean, but did you, did you give uh did you give your Twitter info? I don't do Twitter. I mean, oh, I have right. it, but I'm never on there. So. Well, that's no good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> how are we supposed to tag you? Wait, Robert Clark Chan, you're breaking up your own bit that your internet went out. What a Chan crazy a- guy. Chan is alive. Are we? What was that? <laughs> Anyway, guys, let me go ahead and tell you where you can find us. I don't even know anymore. You can find us, of course, at facebook.com slash knowing is half the podcast, patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast. You can also hit us up on Twitter at GI Joe podcast, because of course you did. And we're going to find out if this show even works anymore with what happened uh, as a bit. (laughs) 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 So uh, otherwise, you can hit me up on Twitter. I am at Almighty Ray. At 999 RPMs. And Chan is at 999 RPMs. Oh, I just said it for you because, you know, (laughs) this crazy bandwidth gimmick that you're pulling. (laughs) This guy is wild. He'll he'll just do wild things. (laughs) He's probably got a lampshade on his head already. And an arrow. An arrow for the lampshade. That's a hat on a hat. Literally. <laughs> None of this you sound like a robot. Episode of all time. <laughs> and everybody, that is our show. Thank you again for being a part of it. Gary Coleman, gotta love him. Good night. Good night. Night night. If you find that pristine, sorry, hold on just a sec. <laughs> yes, Egon. Because uh, you have to keep tapping it. Okay, kiddo. Uh, you need to hang out for a while, bud. Uh, uh, Jesus, where was I saying? If you find, okay. the, uh, pristine. If you find a pristine axe. <laughs> Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy, you got to sink this putt to win. Or, I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. 
On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world, working actors, comedians, writers, stunt people, you get it, and we do it all over breakfast, or should I say, breakfast. Every week is a new episode of Breakfast, and here's what you get. Inside Hollywood info, like how cool is it to act with Ed O'Neill? Spoiler alert, it's really cool. And what the heck is a gaffer? You get great breakfast wrecks and foodie debates like when should you go hash browns and when do you go home fries? I know the answer to that. Trust me, my pancake posse, my bacon brigade. Listen up, because breakfast is the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in, it's breakfast time. Breakfast with Brent Pope, available at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.